When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. All right, welcome back to The Handmade Podcast, episode 28. Oh, you stopped? I don't have a witty thing about 28. It's just episode 28. Yeah. That's about uh, it. Okay. We're recording on a Sunday. I think everybody had a long weekend. Derek looks tired. It's funny. Somebody said to me that like, I love the podcast, but lately it seems like it's just you guys bullshit. And that's pretty <laughs> much all it is. I was like, I mean, yeah. what was it supposed to be? Yeah, this is an educational. Yeah. Okay. Right. Just, just fine. This just this episode will be all uh, long technical data. Paul's mm. going to explain his favorite welding rod oh. and what amps he runs his machine. Derek's going to talk about feeds and speeds. And uh, I'm going to talk about what I do during my day job. And everyone will be asleep about 15 minutes in. Paul, can you talk to us about stale ply? About like what? Types ply, of metal? Ply, ply steel. steel. Ply, steel. ply steel? Yeah, yeah. That only exists in one person's head. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about? I don't uh, know, Derek. What have you been up to? Derek got a new tool. Been up we to? can talk about Derek's new tool. I saw that. Which I saw tool? that bandsaw. Oh, yeah, the bandsaw. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny. I was I'm staring right at it, and I go, "What new tool did I get this <laughs> week?" And and I'm staring at it. And it's funny. I told Chris this earlier. Somebody messaged me, and they said, "Didn't you say you had no more room for any more machines three machines ago?" Because, <laughs> because I haven't seen anything leave that basement, but. I was like, yeah, it's getting a little tough. This is kind of in the way. It's like, well, I mean, it's only in the way if you come in and out of the basement. But if you are in here like I am, it's not in my way. But it has to move. But, um, yeah, I get a bandsaw. It's um, a classic Duresta bandsaw. That it was, I don't know if you could say it was used on the show Hammond. I don't want them coming after him hmm. for legal um, things. But, um yeah, it was sitting in his mother's garage for probably the last 35 to 40 years. Oh, wow. Since Jimmy was eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, no, it's been in there for a while, hadn't been used. And, um, you know, when I talked to him about it and he had to have me describe it to him four times, I knew he didn't need it. And he's like, I think I have another one just like that there. I go, you do. It's a little bit bigger. So he was excited that I didn't take the bigger of the two. But, uh <laughs> But no, it's it's a great saw. I just picked a new blade up for it yesterday, 
and oh my god it cuts unbelievable it's just so nice to have nice. I, you know i i had a big bandsaw one time it was you know i didn't have it for that long it uh went for a walk but um no it just i've never had really a good bandsaw and it's just amazing the power and the you know the ability to to rip something i, I got it like a one inch blade on it and it's oh that's like, nice oh my god dude. how many teeth per inch did you get three yeah, that's what I just and, got a three. Yeah, it's just it's unbelievable. It's like yeah. I, I want to see how thick or like how you know tall I can cut something because it just it was unbelievable how straight. And I'm just kind of excited. I have a couple pieces of wood I want to cut into like a little bit thin veneers. Mm -hmm. And um, but no, it's just nice. It was you know the bed of it was a little bit rusty, and I um you know I get some of that rust-oleum gel stuff just because I didn't want to put the in like a pan of evaporust and uh, yeah. And just did that, and it, and it came out un better than I thought it would. And it's, um, you know, it, it's just a great saw. It's a great addition, and I'm, uh, I'm just excited about it. I have a couple projects um, that I haven't done because I don't have a good bandsaw. My uh, daughter and her boyfriend they wanted those hexagon um, like shelves there that everybody makes there, and. Um, um, yeah, like yeah, metric shelf. Yeah, and I was trying to explain to them like you can't use like three quarter inch wood. It's just for me, it's just too thick. You know, I want something yeah, yeah. nice and thin. You know, and I have some good wood, but I didn't have the ability to like resaw it. So now I lost an excuse to do that. Cool. So I'm gonna start those and do those for them. And um, yeah, so I'm excited about it. So thank you, Jimmy. And once again, he made it to another podcast. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that um, that was a fun little day getting yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Lucas, um, for getting that as well. We um, we when we were down there going through the uh, duress, the storage unit, uh. I thought that was just like a regular vertical bandsaw, but it, it's got some interesting features to it. When did you uh, if you ever watched the video of me making the urn for my dad, Derek? Yeah. So that was all resawed on my bigger bandsaw. Because yeah. that was just walnut. Um, that was a walnut slab. It was yeah. like inch and a half. I didn't have a lot of good material on it because it was a top cut. So I wound up making like half inch strips on it, and it yeah. turned out so good. It was so nice to be able to process the material like that. Yeah, that was the piece from Mongers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was say, I remember when you got that. Yeah, so. it was yeah. a top cut. Um, it was a top cut, and it didn't really. You couldn't tell if it was going to even look like walnut because it was so light. Mm. I know. I remember when you bought that. I just remember thinking he might have just wasted his money on that. Yeah. Because it really was. I mean, you didn't need a ton of wood for what yeah. you were making, but I, you're right. It was it was a rough piece of wood. Oh, yeah. And, like, I have still pieces of it, and I've used it on some other things. And, like, it's, you know, what even even now when I use it, it's, it's almost like a light purple, you know, uh, when walnut's super yeah. light. Mm -hmm. And the urn pieces, when I resawed them, they were still super light. And I was like, damn, like, I might have to go out and get other material. And then I sprayed them down with water after I was done resawing them and the color came out of them. And I was like, holy shit, they're going to be awesome. They have so much yeah. figure in them. They yeah. came out, it, it wound up coming out like better than I, better than I could have, uh, yeah. could have asked for, for, I think I paid 35 bucks for that. Slide. Yeah. yeah. Cause it was, you know, he was like, Oh, it's a top cut. We don't, we don't even really care about it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I having the big bandsaw to resaw stuff is amazing. Yeah, and it's one of those tools, like, unless you, like, turn bowls or something, like, it's a really tough purchase to make, you know, yeah. like a good one, just because, 
you know, they're expensive if you want a good one and, you know, you need something big, you need something heavy. And, yeah. you know, for me, it was just hard to justify. And I knew if I complained about it enough, Jimmy would just give me one to shut me up. So it worked. So. Especially if you have another bandsaw, it's really hard to justify buying just like a bigger bandsaw. Yeah. And yeah. you want to keep both. I mean, if you're willing yeah. to like get rid of one and just have one, but, yeah. you know, like, I don't know. It's yeah, hard no, to... it is. yeah, it's a tough purchase. I, I, I got to like start it. complaining to Jimmy some more. Yeah. <laughs> I got to go, Jimmy, I need it. I really want a truck. Yeah. Well, that <laughs> actually, an old that, actually truck. that might be good. He's got extra trucks now. That, so yeah. that might be a good one. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he need you need to find one that's literally in his way mm. or in someone's way that's like the stuff at his mom's is just been in that garage and every time yeah. I've, I've been there a few times to clean stuff out and she's always like oh this is great like you're getting stuff out of the garage you know so it's uh it's good for him because he doesn't want to have to come down and get it i mean yeah. the milling machine is there's a milling machine there that i don't know if it'll ever make it up to uh it's supposed to go to aaron's new space you know aaron rented his own yeah. shop next door yeah. um he if wants I it but if I had a dollar for every person that Jimmy offered that to, I know I could buy a new one. I know. Well, I was going to take it for, for years, like yeah. two years. I was like, yeah, one, one of these days I'll go and get it. And then I was like, I don't know, dude, like, cause he doesn't even have, he doesn't even have a bridge port in the, in the rented shop, the, the, the big shop. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, 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 right. He only had one bridge port in the small shop. Uh, at his house, huh. yeah. And I remember is it even a very speed one. It's not even a. It's not a very speed one. It's a belt one, but um, it's still like uh, even the one at his mom's isn't isn't a very speed. But the oh. one at his mom's had a Mitsutoyo DRO on it. Oh. Um, I took the computer off of it because it was just getting rained on, and I didn't want it to get like totally destroyed. But it's a it's a nice milling machine, and I remember he was saying how like taylor was saying oh we should get a bridge port for the for the big shop mm. and he's like yeah so i'm trying to find one and i was like well dude if you need <laughs> one like i'm not gonna take yours just so that you can go and buy one like he's like no 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 just have it i'm like dude no i would feel terrible like taking yeah, one yeah. that's but he's like i'm never gonna come down and get it i mean it's such a pain in the ass for him to come down with the trailer but really yeah. that's what he's got to do if he came down with the trailer in one trip we could get everything that he's got at the at the you know, at his mother's yeah. and get yeah. it out of there. Um, one of the things that was cool that was down there and I was just talking to him about it is he has a, a 12 inch table saw there, which uh -huh. is cool. I, I don't know. Um, like I've never used a 12 inch table saw outside of like a big cabinet shop, but yeah. anyway, it's just, the, it's the pain in the ass of even like Lucas coming down to uh, pick that stuff up in his truck. He's like, dude, like the roads to get here, it's just like a disaster. You're on surface roads like half the time. There's yeah. like the roads are in like the worst condition. Uh, it's like Somalian roads on the yeah. South Shore of Long Island. <laughs> does he have to go? Does he have to go through the city to get to your to your house, like Jimmy? No. Like, does he? Like, how's he get there? Does he have to like? No, no. You take the Throgs Neck Bridge and then you get on the Long Island Expressway to get to my house. It's easy, but to get mm -hmm. to his mom lives on the South Shore of Long Island. Yeah. And the South Shore of Long Island, the only real way to get there is on a parkway. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And, oh, you can uh, take a trailer on there, right? No. So the only way for him to get there is to take the expressway and then take surface roads like 
25 or 20 yeah 20 or 25 miles but oh, like shit. weaving through like some of the densest towns in long island or what he has to like drive through 18 wheelers and commercial vehicles do to get to the south shore they go like right through the middle of towns and stuff you gotta go around yeah it sucks wow. or you have to or the only way to get from the north shore to the south shore of long island without taking a surface road is to go out to a road called the 135 mm-hmm. and the 135 is um probably 15 miles further east than my house oh okay so you'd have to drive through the city go past where you have to go take yeah. the 135 south and then go back uh west. adds another like 30 miles yeah and it's funny because and and uh this is like this is a known thing but i guess somewhat Little known. So there's a guy named Robert Moses, right? Robert Moses is credited as being like the architect of the New York City roadway system. And he was this guy. He was never in a, I don't think he was he ever did, an elected He did a great official. job. Well, he, listen to this. So he was never like an elected official, but he was, he was known to be like one of the most powerful men in New York, right? Mm-hmm. He, uh, he had an issue with, uh, certain social groups, oh, particularly those with uh, less, less money. So what he did was he designed all the roads that went to the beaches on Long Island so that public buses wouldn't fit on them. Oh, wow. So that no one that needed to take a bus could get to the beach. So that only the wealthy people that could afford to live on Long Island would be able to get to the beaches and the people, the poor people, the people that lived in the city, that lived up in the Bronx, that would have to take the bus out, the buses wouldn't be allowed on those roads. So that's the reason why there's like, the reason there's no commercial traffic allowed on those roads is because a lot of the bridges are under nine feet. Yeah. So like if you if you tell people, oh, you can go on this with a truck, just make sure your truck isn't too tall. People people hit the fucking bridges all the time. I would say like a couple times a month, someone in a truck hits a bridge or a sign. Dude, um, this but is, it's all because this dude <laughs> didn't want a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. The, the oh, channel. that one bridge. Channel. Yeah. It's like that is the most ridiculous thing. I thought that was like a joke. Yeah. And I was watching Crazy. that, and then they they didn't raise the bridge like they lowered the road like underneath it. Yeah, or yeah I saw that, and it still wasn't enough. Yeah, yeah but they said that they can't raise the bridge much. They can't raise yeah. the bridge at all for some reason, and then they can't yeah. go any lower at the road because there's like sewer utilities. lines or something yeah, or utilities. Yeah, yeah. And they yeah. put like a big steel like arch in front of the bridge to catch the yeah. trucks first. Yeah. That's, but that's how like uh, Memorial and Thorough Drive is in Boston. They have all the chains that hang down and everything like that. Just ridiculous. That's what every year when the kids come back to school, Thorough mm-hmm. Drive, it's like nonstop. Just every moving truck just gets mm-hmm. torn open. Yep. And there's all these signs, you know, go back, go back, yep. you know. I see we used to ride shit BMX. on the Merritt Parkway. We used to ride BMX at this spot in Harvard, right where Storo first kind of starts. Yeah. And um, one day we're riding. It's it was nighttime, and all of a sudden we hear this insane noise. And we <laughs> oh, run yeah. over, and you look down, and there's a Penske truck can yeah. opener, yeah, like totally shredded. <laughs> and then there's an Audi underneath the back of it. Oh my oh, god! And I was like, oh my god, this guy is dead. Yeah. Like he got yeah. cut in half. He gets out of the car. He's totally fine. And then the car was in the car was still drivable. The the trooper, the state he came, got in the car and backed it out. Oh, and I was like, holy oh, shit, that's a really like that's a safe car. Like Howie? this dude yeah. went right into the like underneath the lift gate or the wow. I guess they didn't have yeah. a lift gate, but underneath yeah. the back of a Penske oh, yeah. truck. Yeah. Probably at a pretty good speed because yeah. the noise it made, it was like it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. I, I was afraid the last time I came to Boston, I was afraid to go on Storo Drive because of my truck. But yeah, I think it's I think Storo Drive's like nine six. Yeah, how tall's yeah. your truck? 
now it's like nine two. Yeah. Uh, that's but tight. I mean, the thing is, even if, you're, even if your truck is nine six, like you're not going to yeah. hit a bridge. Yeah, because like, it's really chains, higher. Yeah, because a lot of guys will hit those chains and not even know. Yeah, you know? that's what gets me nervous with uh, my work truck. So when I'm downtown, like yeah. a lot of those roads, like they buy Starro, like there'll be a one way and they'll like force you on to Starro mm-hmm. and you can go on it and get right back off it. But I'm always like, shit, is there another road I can get off before, you know, yeah. something, you know, because they don't really bother us, but it's like you just don't want to yeah. go on there. Just what I always away. think about is like school buses. Like I yeah. see school buses on school buses take every uh Every road on Long Island, all the parkways, even the stuff. There are parkways on Long Island that they say the height is seven ten, but school buses are like almost nine feet. Mm, they yeah. just know like they got to be in the middle lane. So yeah, um, yeah. Belmont, Mass, downtown uh, Belmont. There's a bridge like that. It's like a horseshoe. It's mm-hmm. like cobblestone, and you have to wait and you have to go through the middle. And it was great. The uh, Belmont Light. They got a brand new truck, and we were driving through there. And they must have been delivering to something. And the light company was right on the other side of the bridge. Oh, no. And the friggin' thing was, like, just pulling a wheelie, just stuck oh. under the bridge. I'm like, oh, my God, man. That is just so brutal. Oh. Yeah, you only get one of those. There's a bridge on Long Island um, right as you get to the South Shore, and it's um, – on the parkway, it's the only one that I really have to look out for because it's really, really steep. Mm. And the right side is all broken. Like like yeah. the concrete's all cracked. It's all scratched. And I'm always like, it's so low that if I have to go off that exit, I get off the exit before it and make a U-turn. That's how yeah. scared I am I'm going to hit it. I, I have to say one more thing, and I'm not going to name names, but my buddy at work listens to this podcast and he had a little mishap recently. He, uh, don't worry. I won't give names, but, uh, cause a couple guys listen, I believe. This but, is at um, the pizza place, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. One of the guys at the pizza yep, place. Yep, yep. The flips, delivery guy, maybe. Pie. No, this kid flips pies. <laughs> oh, okay. But, uh, pie flipper. Oh, he was can't telling me, those. he's telling me, he goes, Hey, did you hear what I did? I'm like, no, he goes, dude, I was so pissed off. And he goes, I was at the dumpster and I was cleaning off the back deck. So a lot of guys would put the buckets up so they can walk on the deck. And he goes, I get in the truck, I threw it in drive and just floated it into the garage. Oh. And as soon as you take the emergency brake off, the alarm goes off. So, like, you have to be pretty – and there's a, there's a light on the dashboard. So he went right through the, um, like, top <laughs> of the door, ripped the door down to, I oh, believe. Shit. He's oh. probably cringing. Listen to this, probably trying to correct oh. me. But, so the best part is – it's this is recently with covid there's nobody at the garages so like the garage is empty so he's by himself smashes it right he's gotta call his fucking boss and just tell him right so he tells me listen he says and he's had a lot of personal things happen to his family bad that you know he's got a lot going on and and i feel for him that's why i didn't tell anybody at work because i just felt so bad for him but he uh just called the foreman he's like I just smashed my bucket into the truck, into the, my bucket truck into the door. I'm going. I'm going home. I, it was like a Friday. I won't be in Monday, and I won't be in for a while. So we'll figure it out when I get back. Because he knew he was getting suspended. Yeah, but I yeah. think they only gave him like a day suspension because he he's got a lot of stuff going on. With and I mean, it's a it's and, they, you know, and he's a stand up guy. Like they yeah, know like yeah. he. You know, he's not a lot of problem. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm like, it's funny because any like. Any pizza parlor you go by um, where I work, 
over the doors, if you ever look, they'll always be like mismatched cinder blocks. Oh, yeah. Especially the construction garages because they'll have like their booms up for like the pole truck and they'll put that right through like a javelin, man. It's just great to see. You know, there's there's an excavating company by me. They have a little mini excavator with no cage on top. Yeah. And it's great because like whenever I've uh, whenever I've done houses, we've always had them come and grade the basements and they'll they'll drive the excavator right into the basement. Yeah. And they'll grade the basement. They'll dig all the trenches for all the sanitary because they got the little bucket. You know, they put a little like 12 inch bucket on it. And um, one time I'm talking to the guy, I'm like, man, it's great that you have this little excavator with no cage. I'm like, would you guys just take it off so you could get into basements? He goes, no, we hit a train bridge with it, and then we figured oh, we God. might as well just leave it off. <laughs> like, one of the guys was driving, and he didn't realize that the truck on the trailer was – I, I don't know, whatever. He had a high trailer, and he hit a train overpass. And when you hit wow. a train – I mean, when you hit any overpass, yeah. you're fucked. But when you hit a train overpass, you have to pay for the train yeah. engineers to reinspect the overpass to make sure it can support yeah. the weight. And, yeah. and you get like – Killed with tickets like he said they just got like totally just brutal you know abuse for the tickets they had to pay you know like it was like a whole day they had to be there that nobody could leave you know like everyone was involved the owner and all this shit and he's like next time you drive like down this road and you pass this overpass look up you'll see yellow paint still on it (laughs) and as i'm driving home because it was right by the site we were working on i'm like oh shit there it is yeah Oh yeah, dude. I, my dad always said, if I ever got stuck, if I ever hit an overpass, he's like, just get out of the car, let all the air out of your tires, get underneath it and just get out of there, get home. Like you don't want to wind up in a position where you have to back up down the whole highway to get off the highway. I, I did that with my personal truck going into, I, this was years ago. I had kidney stones and I was trying to get to the ER and I was just dying. And there was no parking at the ER, so I pulled into the parking lot. And my old pickup truck, I had ladder racks on it. Oh. And, and I friggin' hit it going in. It ripped it off. And then if I went in further, it was going to rip the back one off. But it pushed it back. So when I tried to back up, it was, like, sticking in. Oh. So the guy behind me's like, let the air out of your tires. I just put the thing in park and left it there. <laughs> the security guy. I'm like, dude, I'll be in the emergency room. My truck yeah. right here. And they dealt with him. I think my brother came and dealt with it or something. Oh. I'm like, I'm all set, you know, just yeah. a nightmare. But I, uh, I, I only hit one thing. I've only ever hit one thing with the sprinter roof. I was at a drive through, like I was getting coffee or something. I was in oh. new Orleans and it had like multiple canopies. And the first one I made it. Yeah. The second one was like kind of broken and like leaning, you know, bad yeah. mounting job. Yeah. And I just heard it like scrape my roof. I was like, no. And all, yeah. I mean, it just it scraped the roof a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, now my truck's like five inches higher off the ground. So now I'm a little more nervous. Yeah, that thing's tall. It's nine three or something like that. Yeah. But I'm putting a I'm putting a real slim uh, roof deck on it yeah. soon. Yeah. That'll be uh, as high as the fan because the fan yeah. is like four inches. So I want to put a roof deck that's as high as the fan where, God forbid, I do go under a canopy that's too low. At least I'll hit the roof deck yeah. Yeah. and I'll just like bump it. And then yeah. if I bump the roof deck, obviously, I know I got to back up. But yeah. mm. you ever seen a guy go in a parking garage with bikes on the roof of his car? That's no. the best one. No, You'll have somebody enough. driving like a BMW with like a nice road bike on the roof. <laughs> the next thing you know, the road bike and the whole mount is just off on the back of the back behind the car. That'd be funny. But uh, speaking of bad mount jobs, not that you did a bad mount job, but um, I watched your video, Paul, the bench. 
That, that was good. Yeah. What did you, um, like, what you use to mount the um, bench? Like, just is there, like, epoxy, or are those just, like, expanding, like, um, lag bolts? No, it, it's yeah. Hilti chemical, like, epoxy. Really? Yeah, it's super Holy strong. Wow. There's different grades of it. Um, yeah. But this, yeah. they sell, like, the cheaper stuff at Home Depot that looks like it could just fit. Actually can fit in a caulk gun, but it, yeah. it'll break a caulk gun. You need a special one for it. Yeah. Um, but then this one has – it's a special proprietary um, gun that Hilti sells. And there's two – there's a smaller tube and a big tube, and it fits in. Yeah. Um, yeah and there's two different cool. inserts. There's a black one and a red one. I think the black one's the stronger stuff, like the super high-strength stuff. Yeah. Um, I could be wrong. Though. I might have gotten them mixed up. But then – you just let it set and it's like super strong. You got to clean out the hole good, like get the yeah. dust out of it. Um, yeah. But that's how the, long does it take to set? Um, it depends how hot it is, but anywhere from like 15 minutes to like 45 minutes. I don't know, oh, around there. Oh, oh okay. So, yeah, nice. not too bad. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't want to drag the, the podcast down, but Chris, you probably remember this in, in Boston, the big dig, the tunnels, oh. the cement panels. Yeah. They were all attached to the ceiling with that stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and it ended up failing. And yeah, it killed at least killed. one woman. Yeah, right? a woman yeah. got killed. Yeah, yeah, it was horrible. She was in a car with a guy driving, and it landed just half on the car and killed her. Oh, shit. And they got a huge lawsuit. But they ended up taking all the panels down. Like, if oh. you go through the tunnels in Boston, there's no ceilings to them. They had to take all just, the panels. They just yeah. glued concrete onto the ceiling? Yeah, heavy. So the way they did it. Why would they, they fasten it with, like, just because the the way they did the big dig, it was dug into mud basically. Oh, yeah. And so when they fastened it, I guess the ceiling wasn't like it wasn't structurally sound enough. So the ceiling was part of like they called it like a the like part of the ventilation system. And so the ventilation system had to be so strong because it was so far away that they had to use concrete like panels. I'm just like trying to remember this yeah so it was real heavy but they didn't have the strength so they used this epoxy and it was supposed to be fine you know it was supposed to be you know more than bad you know double whatever the the, the failure is and um it didn't work or whatever or they did it wrong or some bullshit and this lady got killed but i'll never forget that but i remember everybody just kind of being like what they used epoxy to hold those you know mm-hmm. cement yeah. panels up but um, it is amazing how strong. I just used. I was joking about it on my Instagram. Um, you know how they you know, they have five minute epoxy. Total Boat has four minutes. I saw epoxy. that. I was laughing. Yeah, like they yeah. made it a minute well, quicker. Well, yeah. So it's funny. A kid I messaged it. He's in uh, the that group I was talking about the um, the laser group. Those guys. And he's like, oh, I can beat you. We have three minute epoxy. <laughs> and um, and he was serious. It's like he works for GM, and it's like um. I forget what he called it. It was like bazooka, like epoxy. So like almost like bubble gum, like it sounded like. <laughs> but um, the one thing with the total boat, you know, like five minute epoxy. In five minutes, it's like solid, but it's still like tacky and everything. Yeah. The total boat one, it was like done. Oh, it wow. Was like, it, it was a little bit tacky for probably like 10 minutes. It was done though. Like there was no like, oh, you have to wait till tomorrow. I was like, holy shit, that yeah. stuff's good. Yeah, it was real. I should get that. Good. Yeah, it's real good. When I was in college, one of my professors, like we did, a, it was a sculpture class, and he was kind of explaining different ways of fastening. He like, you know, did a whole demo of like JB weld and epoxy, yeah. and he was like, 60 second epoxy is more like 20 second epoxy. Five yeah. minute epoxy is like one minute epoxy because he was yeah. like, you know, if you 
like, yeah, it's five minutes under like 70 degree weather, yeah. no humidity, like perfect. He's like, if you use it and it's like any a degree warmer than 70, that yeah. shit is like well before you're done yeah, using remember, it. Or if you mix up a bunch of it. Yeah, I was going to say, it takes a while. Like it's hot. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot. Yeah. 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 I used to use this stuff on uh, when I was making these, I was making these bottle openers. I would uh, take these, like, I would take these bottle openers that I would get from a restaurant supply and I would recut them and put exotic wood handles on them. And I would try to, I would make them in batches and then I would try to glue them up all at once. You know, like you get the rubber gloves on, you yeah. get the batch of epoxy. And I would use this stuff called G10 from uh, yeah. West System and it's 10 yeah. minute epoxy. Yeah. And I, every time I'd have like Shit, five bottle openers and I'd be like mixing it and like as fast as I can, trying to like get the pins uh-huh. in and line them up and get the clamps on. And by the last one, I'd be putting like, you know, like it'd be almost done. And I'd yeah. just be like trying to mush it in so that it would come out the sides. Cause there was never really any load on these handles. You know, they were really just kind of for show. They probably didn't even need the freaking epoxy to begin with, yeah. but I just like suffered through it. And I remember every time I'd be like, God, this isn't 10 minutes. There's no way this has been 10 minutes. It's been like five minutes. Yeah. What the fuck? It's amazing how strong that shit is. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I like to you know give Jimmy a hard time. Like, he had that thing he had said about the the hammer handles with the um the thin CA glue. Mm-hmm. You ever see that? No. He, he was talking about I that. I saw him doing that. Talking, hammer heads loose. You take thin CA glue and drip it in there, mm-hmm. and it will like firm it up, like oh, solid. Like, so, yeah, like it like makes it makes the granny yeah. expand a little bit. Yeah, so I oh, did it, like sense. trying to like goof on them, mm-hmm. and dude, it worked. It was unbelievable, and I was like, holy shit. And uh, I, Clement from Clement, he messaged me. He goes, dude, I did the same thing. I saw Jimmy do that. And I was like, what an idiot. And he goes, but it worked. He goes, it's it's unbelievable, mm-hmm. you know. And I just did it with the laser. One of the issues I was having with the laser, I think the head was a little bit loose, so it would wiggle a little bit. Oh. So I was thinking it was the gantry would go back and forth. It would always be out of focus because I was trying to, you know, mm. you know, zero it in. And a couple of drops of the thin CA glue and that thing, it's not going anywhere. Like it's just, it's just crazy how strong that shit is, how it does it. But that's why we got smart people. That's right. when, when I was riding BMX a lot. Like something that would always happen is your pedals would get loose. Yeah. And your pedals would wobble, and it was like so annoying. And then if they got loose enough, and you landed hard, you'd break the crank arm or you'd break the pedal because it I would have that. like enough leverage. Yeah. So we would. Um, you'd wrap your threads of your pedal with Teflon tape, and then put super glue on that. Hmm. Yeah, and then put it in and it would like just kind of be enough to keep it tight because like yeah. blue loctite for some reason like blue loctite should do it but yeah. it wouldn't if you use red loctite you can't ever get, get it off, off right what does, that even, what does that stuff even do red loctite uses the shit together yeah I, I think it's like i think it's like like not epoxy, but it's like super glue based or something. Like it was like thick super glue or something. Because uh-huh. I think you can get a pot if you heat it up enough. It has yeah. to be you, you have to but it's, that's it's, it's, it's made to come apart, but it has to be heated. Yeah. Yeah. Um I've seen guys glue stuff together, like like if they have a pin and a and like a so- like a socket and a pin, yeah, and they want to like get it locked in there, but they don't want to weld it, they'll just red loctite it yeah. in there and yeah. it'll just yeah. never come out. Like that's like a suitable bonding yeah. agent. Yeah. Yeah, I they, thought that yeah, was nuts the first yeah, time I saw that. Yeah, they use it like super glue. I've seen that yeah. before. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good the good stuff. 
but it makes a big difference. Paul, when you're working on your motorcycle, you, you got to remember to lock tight every oh, single yeah. thing you put on. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I actually should go back and do that. Yeah. You got to yeah. blue lock tight yeah, every day. Yeah. Or you got to right. get, um, shit you got to get what's called safety wire. You know mm-hmm. what safety wire is? Yeah. I've you heard like that. drill a hole in the bolt and then you get stainless steel safety wire and you get one of those pliers. They make a pliers that like grabs the wire and then has a, a little thing for your hand to spin the, to spin the wire so basically like you put it around you put it through the bolt and then you twist the end kind of like you twist like a like a plastic bag like with bread in it Uh and then um it just keeps that just keeps the nut from ever backing its way off the oh i see what you're talking you know so like your axle sometimes your axle have like a cotter pin in it um why aren't all those things just like lock nuts because even a lock nut can back off back out yeah yeah and the thing is like if you lose like a loose a loose rear wheel is different than losing a axle nut and like losing your rear rear wheel, you know. Yeah. Or yeah. your suspension or anything like that. So I need um, to do that. Cause I haven't touched any like serious shit like that. Yeah. Like I, I got but, um I got new tires put on my motorcycle and uh this was my first road king, and I drive up to New Hampshire, you know, up to Maine. So like two hours, we go out to dinner. We're coming back. I my friends take off, and the whole time I'm ba- driving back, my f- I just hear something banging. Oh. Like it's just like real hard, just real weird, all the way down the highway. So I get off the highway where I'm home. I'm like something's not right here. So I look at my get off. I look at my front tire. So the front axle goes through one fork. It goes through the hole. <laughs> then the other side has like a U clip that holds uh, it up. That U clip was gone. Yeah, so one fork was just on it, and just it, so the fork was bouncing Jesus in and out Christ. of the thing, right? I freaking went berserk. I, I was so pissed. I was so, I was like 10 blocks from my house. I had the bike towed home. Oh, I, I just God. drove it two hours, and I'm like, I can't drive it home. I'm like this. i, I just terrified that it's going to – because now I'm like thinking in the city it's going to bounce. So I, I go to the Holly dealer. And I got so pissed, I screamed at them. They gave me, like, it was, like, a, on my thing, I got, like, a 20% discount on yeah. anything I bought from Holly. So, like, all my friends would go in there and buy all the <laughs> their bikes and stuff. And then it got sold. And they first they honored it, and then they said, screw you, kid. Something, you're up to no good. You know, mm. it's just, like, three years ago, we're not going to do it anymore. But I'll never forget, like, how scared I was, like, thinking, how stupid could you be? You know, like a front tire on a motorcycle, dude. Like, you didn't even make sure the nuts were tight. Yeah. You know, but it's just scary, oh. scary shit. Dude, that, that free always freaked me out about working on my own bikes. And, like, when I first got the Sportster, um, I would notice every time I'd go over a bump, I'd hear, like, a rattle, like a maraca. And I yeah. it drove me nuts. It wound up being that the baffle inside one of the pipes had just yeah. gone to shit. Uh, and I don't know if you guys remember. It was on my Instagram story, like, a year ago when I did it. But... I started messing with it, and then next thing you know, I had drilled out the baffle, and I yeah. shook the pipe, and all the entire inside of it just came out. Yeah. And I was like, "Huh, I don't think it's supposed to do that." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so now they're just um, they're now they're just straight piped and loud as shit. But yeah. um, I remember when I when I first started modifying like the motorcycles that I had, I'd always take the front fender off because I just thought it looked cooler without it yeah. but that you guys are forks all me, lined up yeah right? some guys like tell me oh i had that and i hit a big bump next thing you know my forks like twisted my tire went into my fork leg i went oh, over the God. bars yeah um i don't know dude i uh i was actually speaking of motorcycles around the topic 
I can talk about, I get, I kind of have a new tool that I got and also a, a really amazing experience. Um, I had a buddy who I've known through Instagram for a while. He told me that, uh, he had an old, um, a steak anvil and he was like, Oh, you know, like I know you're into that stuff. Oh, I, want saw it, that. It. I saw so, that. I saw that. It's cool. It's like a T shaped and it would go in a stump, whatever. But the guy is, uh, Billy Joel's personal mechanic. Wow. And he runs Billy Joel's private collection, which is a, uh, a storefront business open to the public in Oyster Bay, New York called, uh, uh, 20th century cycles. So it's, it used to be open, like more, but now it's only open on the weekends with COVID. But I, I'd only been there one other time. I went there this week to meet up with him and get the anvil and and talk to him because I always thought he had like a bunch of guys that worked there. But it's just him. His wow. name's Alex. And dude, the collection of bikes from you know just from like over time is just so amazing. We and and he's extended the invitation. I was telling Derek next time you guys are down that we got to go and like meet up with him and, and, you know, get a little private tour, but, um, ask him when Billy Joel's coming through to swap out some bikes. Right. Um, (laughs) well, it's so funny because I was talking about it and I don't want to say too much. I don't know how, you know, whatever he told me, some of it may be privileged, but you know, like, I mean, like any celebrity, he doesn't just have one house, you know, like, so he spends his time in other places. And when he does, he wants to bring a certain number of his toys there. So like this guy's job, part of his job is, traveling to pick up new vehicles and also making sure that the vehicles that, you know, Billy wants at his, wherever he is, get there. So he sends trucks down, he goes down and fixes things. He goes wherever he's got to go. Um, and, uh, it's, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's like gotta be just like such a dream job. It's funny too, because the reason I bring it up is because I'm going to sell all my bikes, I think in the spring. And, um, I was talking to him about it and he's like, yep. He's like, I sold all my bikes. He goes, I work on these things every day. He goes, if I want to take one for a ride, you know, I guess I could. He goes, but I got two little kids. He's like, I can't, I can't be messing around with this shit. Mm, it was yeah. very interesting. Hey, you yeah. got a cat. You can't. I got a cat. I can't be riding no <laughs> motorcycles. Yeah. Um, but no, it was really, really cool. And and he has, uh, you know, he's got like a, a cool little shop. He's got a... Uh, He's got a, a Bridgeport. <laughs> He's got a Monarch 10 EE. But we got to go there next time you guys come down. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. It, that'd it's be cool. really like um, – and, and the whole place, like when I tell you it's filled with bikes, like he has pallet shelving set up on one of the side walls with three bikes high. Oh, wow. Bikes. And they're not like – they're stacked in a way that you can – like really appreciate them you know it's not like a bunch of bikes like stuffed in a barn yeah yeah um every one of them's on a battery tender and he, he's got a couple cars in there too like he's got a defender a fully restored land rover defender oh that's cool um and just just so much so much cool shit um and so much history and the day that i went i didn't really have time to hang out but um i really want to take take a while and spend some time in there and like really look at what he's what he's got there and just appreciate it it's a very mm. cool place it's motorcycles cool. are cool to look yeah. at yeah They're very cool yeah yeah what else paul what have you been up to uh, what's new in your life so railings you know yeah i went on a little ski trip to vermont yesterday oh. and the day before yesterday and um it ended up with a trip to the hospital no uh yep um, I went with my friend Johnny and his family and his sister and brother. Um, and we went to Okemo 
um, which is my first time there. It was pretty nice. It was really cool. Huge mountain compared to like, you know, the Connecticut mountains that I've been to. Connecticut um, hills. Connecticut hill. Yeah, Connecticut like mounds of snow. Um, but I, I, I used to ski a lot. Like surprisingly, we would all go, the four of us would go like every weekend when I was little. Um, but it's been a little while. So like I've only skied a couple times in the past few years. Um, but we decided to go, well, not we, they decided to go on all these like gladed trails with all the trees and shit, you know, it had just Mm. snowed. It snowed like a foot, um, Friday night. And so we went skiing Saturday. So there was like a foot of fresh powder where, um, we decided to go on all these trails with trees and shit, super steep trails, like really tough skiing, really steep, tons of trees. Like in these trails, when I say trails, they're literally, they're not trails. They're just like two sticks sticks in the ground that say that this is the trail. And it just looks like woods. Like they could have put those two sticks anywhere along the woods (laughs) and then they could have just called it a trail. And the Some only reason why everybody moves the sticks. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah no, no one would have noticed. The only reason why yeah. it's a trail is because there's two sticks and like one other person's tracks from like when they went down this morning. And and this trail in particular um was closed. Had a big rope across it that said closed. Um, you know, but you know, to me, closed means the trail is closed for safety reasons. So <laughs> I didn't want to go on the trail, right? But they all shot down the trail. So I go, okay, I guess I got to go down the trail. The sister goes down the trail. Oh, God. I see her disappear over the hill, and then I hear a scream. And I go, oh, my God. So I No. (laughs) So I go under the rope, go down the hill, weave between the trees, and I find her on the ground screaming up against a tree. I'm like, Jesus Christ. So he waved. Hold on, hold on. So you heard the scream, and you still hadn't even like decided. I'm definitely going down. This I was going to go like, down it anyways because you was, hadn't even started yet, and they, she's already hurt. Yeah, she's already hurt. And I'm <laughs> like, cause they all there was a bunch of people like ahead of me oh. in the group, and so I hear a scream. I'm like Jesus Christ. Some people actually didn't even see it happen because they were already gone. Like mm-hmm. one or two people. Um, and so she's screaming, you know, in pain, obviously up against this tree. She's like, I think I broke my arm or my shoulder, something, my collarbone. I'm like, Oh my God. So luckily, um, a ski patrol was just coming by to open up the trail. Cause I guess they finally thought it was like safe enough to open up. Hmm. So they come by to open up the trail, find us there, you know, we're all gathered around her brother, you know, (laughs) me, She's like squeezing onto my hand because she's in some serious pain. Like, see, I always go to like the worst case scenario. Like, I don't know if the, the, the lung is punctured or oh, yeah. internal I mean, she bleeding. Could have a bone sticking out her arm. Bone, yeah, because I can't see anything. Yeah. Like, I don't know what's going on. So they, the ski patrol comes and he calls another guy with the sled, right? But we're like 100 and 150 yards down in the woods, down super steep, you know, terrain. And we had to get her onto the sled and push her back up because it was so oh. tough. They could, there's no way they could have skied out of it. So we were close enough to the top where they're like, we just got to push her out of the top. So I'm all four of us are pushing her up out of the trail. Like <laughs> we had to ski back and her oh. freaking brothers, like not even phased. I'm like, dude, <laughs> he's like doing tricks on the way back. I'm like, 
like jumping off shit, like falling. Yeah, he, like, he knows his day is ruined after the, that, the so he ski, might as well enjoy the last. The ski run. patrol guys were so nice, like so nice. If I turned, if I was a ski patrol and I turned around and saw all the family members like doing tricks as I'm carting <laughs> the one family member who got has a broken collarbone down the mountain, like I would have started screaming. But the guy was so nice, such a good skier. Like the way he was able to get her down the mountain, like and, yeah. and you know all that weight, like I was exhausted after all that shit and he was carrying a whole nother person. But then we got her down, went to the hospital, um, got the x-ray back and her freaking collarbone was in like two different places. Like it was like this, like it was supposed to be together and it was totally snapped in half sticking in two different directions. And then my friend says to me, cause at this point I already left to go home. This was last night. And my friend calls me. He's like, yeah, he sent me the x-ray. Then he called me and I'm like, so she needs surgery, right? He's like, well, the hospital said, this is a Vermont hospital. Like this guy only knows what this hospital is like. He goes, well, the hospital (laughs) said, you know, um, you, you you don't need surgery. It'll just go back together. I go, what is it going to do? Like, like reach out and like (laughs) grasp hands and pull itself back together. It's like in two different, complete different directions. And so then, yeah, it's crazy. Like one of it was like sticking up. Like it was just, it was just a nightmare. And so Mm -hmm. luckily her part of the family is like all doctors. Like, so they took her to a like real doctor and they said, you definitely need surgery. Like you need surgery soon. Orthopedic surgery. Yeah. Yeah. No, actually part of the family, they had some huge, they have some huge orthopedic like practice in Connecticut. Oh, really? They're gonna get like, yeah. Good, get family discount. Yeah, yeah. So, well, that's eventful. Yeah, that was yeah, that. My weekend wasn't nearly that exciting. Mm-hmm. No. You got a new bandsaw. What do you mean? Yeah, that's more yeah. exciting. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Did uh, didn't you make something for your friend to go skiing with? Yeah, it was. That's what we were doing. My friend Johnny, her brother. Um, she, there's two brothers, Michael and Johnny. Michael was the one who was with me, you know, making freaking snowballs as she's sitting there crying. I'm like, Michael, like, what are you doing? Like, she, I don't know what's wrong with her. And you're over there playing in the snow when the ski patrol's there trying to like wrap snow, snow angels. Yeah. I mean, I'm that's like, something that me and my friends would do if somebody like broke their fucking skull. I mean, that's yeah. literally what I've been through. You'd be on the ground and someone would be like, come on, hurry up. We want to go. Yeah. It's like, what? And then, and then I get back. And they're like, so are we going sledding later? I'm like, what? Yeah, we're like today's over, guys. Like, once someone's in the hospital, that's it. The day's over. All right, let's wrap it up before someone else gets hurt. It's like just crazy. <laughs> and the what I really thought was good, I thought someone was going to get hurt with the sledding because they have a like, oh, condo oh. up on the side of the mountain, right near the trail, and they take these little plastic sleds that you get at like a gas station and these kids go flying down 40 miles an hour down the slope like and it takes 10 yeah. minutes to get to the bottom because they're that high up i thought someone yeah. was gonna die doing that yeah. because you have to turn lean left to go right to actually steer the sled because most of the times when you're sledding you don't steer you just no, go you down just a little hill yeah yeah this was like yeah. the luge we were doing like the luge down oh this God. freaking mountain it was just i don't know i'm lucky that's all that happened it's just a risk. 
I was at a ski mountain once. Um, I, I want to say it was in Vermont, and they had the tubing in the front. Oh yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like you know they had this whole course set up, and I'll never forget this image for the rest of my life. This girl is going down the tubing hill, whatever. Somehow she makes it past like the guardians oh, at the end. God. She's like, you know, I mean, it's like at this point, it's like kind of funny, but it's right near the parking lot. Oh shit! She goes, she goes past them. She goes past the next berm. She goes across the sidewalk. She <laughs> oh goes god. right under an SUV. Oh my like, god! Running board. I swear to God, yeah. I, all you hear is like everyone's yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Like it's like everyone's smiling. Like, oh, like look, she's like got past the course. Yeah. You know, like it was kind of funny for a minute. Like you ever see the video of a kid who takes out like their dad on the ski? Oh yeah, yeah. On, like, sled, yeah. sledding hill, and it's funny until you realize the guy's like paralyzed now. This poor girl went right underneath this car, and I was like, everyone's like, you know, oh, oh, and then they're like, oh my god, <laughs> everyone runs, you know, to check on her. I'm like, oh man, that sucks. That's really not good. <laughs> around, the, around the corner from my house, there's a, um, they call it the six bumps. It's like a like a little pond and everything. Kids walk there and take prom pictures there. But in the winter time, they go sledding there, mm. and a father was just sledding. And he lost his gun. Oh yeah, yeah. It was on the news and everything. Yeah, some young kids found it. Thank God they gave oh. it to an adult. Nobody got hurt. But I'm like, can you imagine the horror and this guy? You know, he's sledding with his kids, and he's yeah. like, "Where's my gun? Where's my gun? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Let's not take the gun sledding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. You never know oh, if somebody oh, oh, like oh, trying oh, to sled you. A little bit better. You know, yeah, just fasten it. Yeah, that's like, do you ever see that video of this city city sledding for you? Did you get (laughs) do you ever see the video of this guy that was dancing and he was it was actually an FBI agent, but he was at a party dancing and he does like some handstand or something and his gun falls out of his pants and everyone's like dancing with their hands up and they see the gun and everyone's like, oh my god, and then he goes, oh shit, he realizes the gun fell, he goes to grab it. And shoots it, it and hits somebody off. in the leg, and oh, he yeah, didn't even know he hit, he fired it, and then like went back yeah. into the crowd, and people are like, "What did you just do?" I mean, he got fired. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but oh, crazy, Chris, I saw crazy. you doing some uh, some oh. electrical work on your lathe. Oh. Do you always oh. do electrical work with live wires. Only, only when it's two twenty. I mean, all right, all right, all right. Forty-three right. days. So I was trying yeah. to make the lathe safer, oh right? So my oh, lathe, my lathe has this like this like shifter problem. on it, and I don't know how it. I don't know how it got to be like this, but it's it's really like it's such a simple thing. So it's it's uh, this lever, and there's two positions, and there's a cam, a a, a D-shaped cam inside. And then there's two um, momentary switches inside. So the cam twists and one gets pushed or the cam twists and the other gets pushed for forward and reverse, right? But the way it was set up, when even if you would just touch the knob, the littlest bit, the the spindle would spin for like oh, a second. Jesus. And um, I, it had never, I had never gotten really like hit by it until the other day somebody was in the shop with me and I had the lathe on like, 40 or 50 rpms and i bumped it while i was setting something up and it spun and it freaked me the fuck out like 
because there was nothing in it. But I was like, I was like setting the tailstock, and all of a sudden, my leg hit the switch, and I heard like, and it just, you know, it barely even turned it because the the RPMs were set so low. But that's a that's like a four thousand or three thousand RPM machine, and I leave the key in it all the time, you know, like an asshole. So I was like, you know what, like this is gonna hurt somebody. Like this is dangerous. So I'm like, let me take the switch apart. So I take the switch off. And I sw- I fix the cam, yeah. and everything's fine. And I put live? the switch back on. Well, and it's live. It's still live, um, because you I don't know. I mean, there's no there's no there's no indicator to aside from unplugging the machine. There's no indicator. There's not like a like an idling light. It's like a bridge port. Like a bridge port's got power, but it's not on until it's on. You know. Yeah. So. I just was like, fuck it, I'm fixing it. So anyway, I fixed the switch. You can't blame the switch this on an that there's no indicator. I blame, I blame no one but myself yeah. for this, all right? I'm just saying that, you know, getting up and unplugging it, I was already on the ground, so I wasn't getting up. So I put the switch back on. In the switch. No, I had wooden shims that I was using to touch stuff that was hot. Oh. So I, I put the switch back on, and I go to put it in forward, and nothing happens. I'm like, God damn it. And I go to put it in reverse, and it works. And I'm, I'm noticing that I'm not hearing the, the switch click. And I'm like, what the fuck did I do now? So immediately I'm like on eBay, like I, I must have liked the switch. No, I'm sorry. I didn't start buying new switches till I blew it out. So then I take the bolts off again. I take the switch off. And as soon as I get it off, I drop it. And the bottom of it has six connectors. And it's got all three phases. And it lands right on the shelf of the it, lathe and just blows up. On those so you're, so you're well, stick welding. So I, I did a little bit of cast iron welding on my, yeah. uh, on did my you, lathe. Did you preheat the lathe oh before you stick welded? So Please. now there's a big burn mark in the paint. It's hysterical. So I blow it up and I'm like, God damn it. So meanwhile, I still can't figure out why the switch isn't working. So I now I'm trying to diagnose the whole lathe. There's like a, a fuse in there wrapped in electrical tape from the last person. Then I, I it has a switch box on the back with fuses in it, but I can't get to it because the lathe is so tight up against the wall. So now I'm making like a whole lever to like shift the almost 3,000 pound lathe off the wall a little bit. Anyway, turns out that when I took the switch out the first time, I pulled one of the legs off of the DIN bar, you know, the bar with all the, the wires stuck into it with all the connections. So if I would have just uh, noticed that at the beginning, I wouldn't have gotten zapped. But I didn't blow out any of the contactors in the lathe, and I learned a valuable lesson that I should have uh, unplugged it before I worked on it. But no, Paul, the short answer is I mostly work on shit live. Todd, I get freaking I- I it when I watch your stories. I I I work on stuff live too. Yeah. Like I was just working on the laser, and I uh, I was so aggravated. The stupid um, sensor that was gone, the the homing sensor. I ordered new ones, and I pulled the old one out. And to get it out, you have to cut the head off of it, right? Because it goes through the cable track, and the cable track doesn't open. I've never seen one that doesn't open. So, anyways, you snake yeah. it through. Yeah. So one thing I've always learned in work, you never cut something so short that you can't resplice it together. You know, it's like that's a little thing you learn at work. But uh, so I cut it. I pull it out. I get the new one in. I go to attach it. The mounting thing isn't as big as the other one. So now I'm not going to be able to get it up high enough to mount it where it needs to be. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. So I take the old one. And I splice it back on. So now it's like, but as I pull it out, I see the break in the wire. I'm like, oh, so this is where the wire was broken. Oh. Put the new one on. 
it's still not working. It's lighting up, but it doesn't doesn't work. I move the wire, it comes on. I, I'm physically feeling the wire. I can feel the wire broken in the insulation. So as I'm oh. pulling it and pulling it, I can see it turning on and off the light. I'm like, you got to be shitting me. This wire is broken in this insulation. So I cut it past there, re-spliced it, and it's fine. But I was like, I had my hands inside there, and it was all live. But I was like, as long as it doesn't kill me, I don't care. You yeah. Know? I mean, I'll I don't think, know I'll if that power would have killed me. I wonder if the 240. If you went across it, thousand percent, yeah, yeah. yeah, across it, I wouldn't. I don't think I'd mess with three phase. Yeah, two twenty, I wouldn't mess with either. One twenty, though, one twenty could kill you if if you yeah, if you do it the right way. If it goes yeah, through yeah, your you gotta, heart, yeah, yeah, you got to ground yourself really good and everything for that. You know, uh, hopefully Patrick doesn't listen to this. Yeah, so I mean, it's you know, it's fine. I mean, so, you're yeah, worried yeah, about your motorcycles. At least the lathe is doing replacing a switch. Well, what was so funny was I, this, is, this is actually we can get back onto some sort of topic Very of, uh, of actually of making things. I know, I know. We got to get back on. So, so the reason that I was working on the lathe, as you guys may have seen, was my new threading thing. I saw that. That's really cool. Geometric no, I, die head. No, I didn't see that. Oh, you got to watch the video, Derek. So it's like. It's like uh, a geometric die head is, you know, a die for threading a rod, how it's like a little ring, yeah, essentially. And it's got the four, uh, usually four or three, um, you know, sets of teeth and they go and they tap the part. So this is essentially that, but it's spring loaded like a claw. And after it's done threading, it opens up. It's And Paul, you've threaded on your lathe, I think, before, right? Yeah. Like it's such a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Set it up and get the pitch and this. And I make really sure don't know right. how to do it properly. Yeah, I mean, you just figure it out. But, like, imagine if you had to make, like, a bunch of threads. That would suck. You're like, oh, so um, $160 bucks got me that little gadget. New? Or um, did you buy it used somewhere? I bought it used. They're, like, oh, okay. 1000 bucks brand new. But why would you ever buy a brand new one? Yeah. Um, 160 bucks on eBay. And I already had a bunch of dies that I had gotten in an auction when I bought a bunch of taps. So the die sets are like 65, about 65 to a hundred dollars each brand new. And they're like 20 to $25 used on eBay. And I have like six or seven sets of different sizes. Um, but I think it'll be really useful to have if I want to like thread the end of a half inch rod. It's like, that have you ever cool. tried to manually thread a half inch? It's like the worst thing ever. Oh, like by hand? Yeah. Like oh, hand yeah, thread half inch rod. I actually made um, tie it back to uh, motorcycles. I made a um, an axle, not an axle. It was a swing arm bolt for one of my motorcycles. This is way before I even had a lathe of any kind. I was still working in the garage, mm-hmm. and I bought a piece of three quarter inch or five eighths inch bar stock from Home Depot and a five eighths inch t- uh, die, and I ground it to a point like a long taper, and I put it in a vise. And the vice I had wasn't strong enough to keep the rod from spinning. You know, you try to grab Uh, like a round rod. So I had it in a vice and then I had vice grips clamped to it so that when it would spin, it would back (laughs) against (laughs) my workbench, you know, and I hand, uh, I hand threaded both sides of a five ace rod to make a swing arm bolt for one of my motorcycles. Why couldn't you buy one? Or make like well, use a bolt, which I don't even know what, exactly what a swing arm bolt. So like where your swing arm pivots. Yeah. Your swing arm holds your rear wheel. But is so there a specific on, like 
qualities to a swing arm bolt that's different than just like a piece of threaded rod? Uh, Probably. I would, I would think but so. The thing about threaded rod is threaded rod is almost always undersized for like the actual diameter. Yeah. So I think I, if I remember correctly, this was for the Royal Enfield. And what I did was I moved the swing arm back so the bike would be like have a like a lower stance. Yeah. And the original swing arm bolt was too short. But the original swing arm bolt wasn't like hardened or anything because I checked it with a file. At this point in my life, I was making knives, so I kind of mm-hmm. knew a little bit about it. was made out of that ever built or whatever yeah. the hell it's called. Home so, Depot. Uh, dude, believe me, this bike was made in India. I can't imagine that what they used was <laughs> yeah. like, uh, you know, yeah. some amazing material. But um, at the time, I think I remember buying threaded rod, and when I put it on, there was so much slop. Um, and I also feel like the threaded points on threaded rod are like a shear point. You know, like I feel like if you're going to shear, if you're going to shear metal and there's threads in it, that's where it's going to shear versus if you have a solid rod, yeah, yeah. it's not going to shear. So the Home um, Depot threaded rod is, there's a big difference in quality between Home Depot. And then if you order, like oh, there's a yeah. place that I order stuff from or to buy stuff from sometimes called the Nutty Company. Mm-hmm. And just the, th- the threads on that threaded rod are like razor sharp. Like you get mm-hmm. cut, like if you slide your finger. Yeah. And then the Home Depot threaded rod, there's like barely a thread. It's like rolled. Oh, I know. It's cool. When I was using the geometric die head, it has a it has an adjuster. So you can imagine the four jaws close a certain distance. Yeah. It has a micro adjuster that you can make it so that the, the thread is slightly tighter or slightly looser. Oh, okay. Um, and it was interesting because I was uh, – the way that you set – the initial distance is you put the, you, they, they call it a test blank, but obviously if you use a bolt, right? Like that would act as the same threads. So I put in like a store bought bolt. And oh, okay. I, made the, uh, I made the jaws that tight mm-hmm. and it was so tight that I couldn't even get it to start on a normal piece of he- a quarter inch stock oh. because the threads were so undersized on the bolt from the store. Oh versus yeah. Like proper, you know, kind of quarter inch thread. So the threads I cut in that little video are like perfect. There's no, like almost no backlash in it. The yeah. bolt is like so nice on there, but it also makes the bolt thread way smoother when there's no, you know, like binding. So I don't know. It's just an, it's an interesting little tool that um, I feel like a lot of people don't even know exists. Derek still hasn't I've seen what it's on. I got a question. Yeah. What is that tool? I just seen in your store, that Festool tool. Oh, the Festool thing is very cool. I've I actually never meant to send you that. I've never seen such a thing. It's it's an edge sanding attachment. So, Paul, I don't know if you saw it in my I story today, too. but so all it is is a pad that yeah. mounts to the side to the sander, so that you put the pad oh, really? on the table, and then the sander yeah. runs along the side of the table. That's so cool. the pad is felt. Oh, that's great! It's so smart. It's so smart. That's a Derek. That's right, Look, up Derek's alley. Yeah, you know, you know, it's so funny. I was on the phone with Jordan the other night, and I was at Woodcraft. And he's like, don't buy anything. I'm like, I'm fucking buying something festival. <laughs> he goes, don't do it. I said, shut up. Or I'm going to buy the vacuum system, right? Yeah. He goes, no, no, no. So uh, this kid messaged me today. He goes, dude, know what you should buy? He goes, this is the best tool in my shop. And that's that vacuum system. Yeah. He goes, dude. Oh, the vacuum pad. Yeah. yeah. Dude, yeah. he goes, it's un he goes, it's life changing. Yeah. I use it every day. He shows me pictures of him uh, like doing doors. Yeah. He's like doing the hinges on the doors. It, it, it holds the door sideways, mm-hmm. like off the ground. Wow. Yeah. He a has, guy actually just came two up. Of them. A guy uh, from Instagram, he's a carpenter and a cabinet maker. He just basically invented, he made his own vacuum pad system, just like the Festool. 
but yeah. his runs off of 12 volt drill batteries and oh, it's really? 325 oh. bucks it's about this big it's not as big as the festival one but i yeah. think he's gonna make more of them and he did a pre-order the other day and it's so far I, I i wish i would have sent it to you. you probably could still get one from him um and all it is is a little vacuum box in the pad and he shows it working you know and it, it, yeah. it pivots and tilts and all that shit and uh, I was about to buy one because I was like, I feel like I would use this. Yeah. But I have no real reason to need one now. But everybody I see with those vacuum pads seems to really like them. Paul, do you know what he's talking about? Yeah. Like holds material in different orientations, yeah. right? Yeah. 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 I didn't know they could hold up like doors, though. I figured it was for yeah. smaller oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. Dude, uh, the kid on uh, Blacktail Studios, he oh, makes yeah. all the river tables. Oh. He has a new shop. He has them. Um, mounted to the sides of his table mm-hmm. and he puts slabs on them it's unbelievable wow. yeah yeah it's unreal i guess it's not oh. that bad it's 1300 bucks for yeah for two vacuum pads and the pump yeah Which i guess if you bought two of this guy's are, thing those yeah. pumps are expensive so yeah. i mean you know i mean in this shit's yeah extra expensive i mean if you bought this like kind of homemade one you'd spend yeah. 700 dollars on two of them and yeah it definitely ain't this yeah, you know, not to say that that guy's. What's nice about that guy's setup, though, and the reason that he made it the way he did was he put two vacuum pads on it. So he has one on the bottom and one on the top. Mm-hmm. So if you're like a job site carpenter, you would go to a job. You'd have a workbench, obviously, that was flat enough that it would stick, and then you use a drill battery, a Milwaukee M12 battery. Just that little M12, huh? Yeah, wireless. You could you could turn it on, stick it to your workbench, and then stick like a cabinet door to it and wow. work on a cabinet door in the field. You know, like, yeah. I mean, if you spend fourteen hundred bucks on these festival vacs, are you going to bring them to a job site? I guess maybe, but like this little one, um, yeah, it was very cool. cool. They're big. They're, they're pretty big. Yeah, I yeah. To look very, at them very interesting. Again. But yeah. I got to buy a vacuum thing for my core drill. Mm. yeah get the hilti uh the hilti dust extractors are fantastic they're expensive but they're really good well no 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 the um a vacuum thing for the mount oh, oh. a vacuum, sucks oh, a vacuum the, pump. uh yep. a vacuum pump yeah to suck the mount to the ground and when you're when you're cordially it turns into kind of like a drill press type thing mm-hmm. um but that's like another 1200 bucks because i have the drill and i have the whole mount thing but now i just need to get the vacuum pump I wasn't sure because it looked—it was just like an air compressor fitting. I'm like, is there some way like you hook it up to an air compressor and the air compressor like does some type of like weird siphon thing in here that like? You can. Yeah, you but, can get a siphon. It, it, like basically, it pulls a vacuum by pushing the air and like basically the yeah, opposite direction. Of where I wasn't you want sure if that's how it worked, but it yeah. definitely doesn't. It's not internal like that. Um, but yeah, you just need the vacuum pump, I guess. But that'll be yeah. that'll come handy pretty soon. Yeah, anytime I ever core drilled, we always had to drill holes and set bolts, which always sucks. Yeah. Uh, you know, like we you you set anchors to mount the core drill on yeah. the wall. And then you yeah. do your core drilling. The problem is it's a whole usually job there's enough leverage. What'd you say? It's like a whole job before you start the job. Yeah. Well, not even that. There's enough leverage out. with the core drill uh rack and pinion that you'll just rip the fucking anchors right out of the wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me and Macklin were doing a job once where we had a core drill through uh, through a, a granite um, a laid granite stone um, veneer on a the outside of a uh, poured foundation. That probably took and, a while. That hard granite like that. Well, so we made it through the granite. We made it through the granite okay, but 
but then we hit a, re- a piece of rebar once we oh. were into the foundation and we could see the rebar. The problem was we didn't have long enough anchors to anchor past the granite and into the, into the pour. So oh. we kept pulling blocks off the wall oh. <laughs> with the rack and pinion, you know, because all it is is set in mortar. Yeah, so yeah. it took us all day in the rain to drill two core holes under a freaking easy up we would take turns. We would work for 20 minutes, you know, like, cause what you had to do was hold the pad against the building and then turn the handle to just cut. You know, like, it's a five inch core. Oh yeah. Um, so Jeez. what we were going to wind up doing was we were going to drill holes all the way through the granite and the foundation and run, you know, like a three foot piece of threaded rod yeah. all the way into the house yeah. because it was the only way to do it. It was a fucking nightmare. Uh-oh. Uh, I don't uh, I don't envy uh I don't envy you having to go in core. Yeah. It uh, kind of sucks. Yeah. The the recording stopped for a second. What happened, Chris? You scared me. Yeah, yeah I don't know. You disappeared. Did it? Yeah. Yeah, but I think it's yeah. still yeah, on your end. The recording yeah. still going. Yeah. 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 We just couldn't hear you. We lost right. the connection. We couldn't hear you for a second, but it's okay. We know what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm still here. Anyway. What have you guys been? Uh, what have you guys been watching? What what kind of what kind of uh, stuff's Paul been going Burns. on in your uh, in your Burns. iPhone history? Christ! Well, no, it's funny. Tech. I've been talking on Instagram. I've been talking to this guy from Iran, mm-hmm. and it's so funny. Like it's so They're allowed to amazing. use the freaking internet over there. About it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's just like when you really think about it, it's like you know, like countries like we're almost at war and stuff. Or I we're know. at war or whatever. Like yeah. this Iranian dude's like, hey, I love the shit you make on Lisa. <laughs> it's like we're good, right? <laughs> like, like, dude, I get people like off. that on some of my videos on YouTube. They're like, greetings from Syria. I'm like, Syria? Are we okay with you guys? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what the hell am I doing? How come I can't find my search history? I can say my uh, my thing. Um, All right. So I mean, it it goes back to what I was already talking about, but. Um, the, that geometric tapping head thing. There's an, a YouTube channel called the Museum of Our Industrial Heritage. Um, and they have all these old videos, like these old advertising videos from manufacturers back in like the 50s and 40s, where, you know, it'd be like that, like kind of radio voice, like, yeah. and this is the tool of tomorrow, how we're going yeah. to win the war with the, the geometric tapping head. And he's got all, it's got all these great old videos. And one of them, was from the geometric tapping company and it explained all the different geometric die heads that they had available at the time and like all the options all the different ones you could get they made ones that could thread three and a half inch solid rod wow you know like a big version of what i have and they had them set up on these crazy turret lays and what i thought was so funny about uh watching this video in comparison to the way we work now right is like no one has safety glasses on no one has like anything but like a jumpsuit on and they're using oil flood coolant. So you're watching these guys cut parts on the lathe and touch them. And there's just oil, just like a bath of oil, just dousing the parts, getting all over everything. That's why like old machines from old factories are usually really sticky. Mm. You know, like Paul, you probably got old tools from auctions that are yeah. like, like, almost like they have fucking glue all over. Yeah, them. yeah. Because I like old coolant wasn't like water based the way that the coolant that you use now is like you can drink the shit because it's so like uh, so environmentally friendly. But mm-hmm. the video of 
about these uh, die heads is just really interesting. And they have he's got a ton of really awesome like old old world videos on his channel. Um, he doesn't have that many, but uh, he doesn't have that many videos on there. But there's one about like taps and dies. There's one about uh, veneer calipers. There's a uh, uh, Miller's Falls factory tour from 1943, which is really interesting. So if anyone is interested interested in some um, American machinery kind of heritage and history check out the museum it is the museum of our industrial heritage youtube channel Hmm. yes they actually it's a actually hold on it's an actual business it's an actual place this isn't the place in vermont though is it hold on Uh, precision museum no this is it this is the precision (laughs) museum this is i didn't even realize this this is this wait, this is in Greenfield, Massachusetts. We didn't uh, go to there. We yeah, went well, to the Precision yeah. Museum. So anyway, this is in Greenfield, Massachusetts, the Museum of Our Industrial Heritage. You can go there. Follow them right. on on YouTube. Go there. Don't cough on anybody. You'll give them COVID. Paul, what's your uh, pick? Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, I'll just t- like. Okay, I guess I'll just say like. Just the comedian Joey Diaz. He's always on Joe Rogan. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been watching all his his clips of him on YouTube of his stories, and they're like the craziest stories you could ever like listen to. Like one <laughs> one of them that I just watched, I was dying, is when he um was in Catholic school and the nuns used to like beat up all the kids. And then one day he couldn't take it anymore. And him and all the other kids just beat up one of these nuns and like beat the <laughs> shit out of her. And then all the other nuns came and like the priests came and all the kids were like over through the whole Catholic school because they couldn't take it anymore. And then his mom came with like a bunch of people. His mom owned like a bar and she came. He's Cuban. And his mom owned a bar, and she came with, like, a bunch of people from the bar <laughs> to rescue him. And they had a big fight with all the pre- – it was so crazy. But you got to hear the way he tells stories. He, he's, like, the best storyteller. He's got the craziest life I've ever oh my God. seen. Like, it's just – it's nuts. He's, he never runs out of stories, but he's, he's one of my favorites. But, I, you know, I've been watching him for forever. Like, I first watched him on Joe Rogan, but then he's got his own podcast, and he's been on a bunch of other ones. But I guess I'll just say him because I don't know. I haven't been watching any videos about nope. making anything. You know who, I, know who I'm going to say? And I don't know if you guys have seen it, but if you haven't, you have to go check it out. Frank Howarth, his video, mm. his late, latest one. Analyst? It, no, it's the um, – what's it called? It's called the uh, Lawn Chairs. Okay. The complete thing is all stop motion animation. Wow, I love that. It is absolutely ridiculous. I didn't watch it to the very end yet. I started it this morning. I don't know if he goes in the description, talks about it. I'd love for him to do a video on describing it. I mean, I know how he does it. I mean, most of it. Mm-hmm. But this is like, takes the cake. It, this is like absolutely amazing. Like the saws... Uh, everything, everything is produced without any, without him at all. Mm-hmm. Like the saw going yeah. across it, the circular saw cutting the boards. It's unbelievable to yeah. watch. Wait, this is with Frank Howarth. Yeah. Howarth. Have you ever seen H-O-W, his thing? Um, H o w a r t h. This. 
Yeah. Which yeah. one? The la- the very last yeah, video? The very last one. Cherry yeah. Bowl with Spikes? No, no. Oh. Launch it too. I don't know when it came out. It was just on my thing this morning. Oh, it's, it's, so it's from it. seven. It's from seven it could, years ago. He actually has a video old. explaining oh, how he did it. Oh, does he? Yeah, yeah. He has a video oh, okay. explaining how he did it, and he uh he has oh, another okay. video called uh, like a shelf for books, um which is also stop motion, and it's funny because I it's called making a case for books, and it's all stop motion. And when I was in college, that's what I did. I did stop motion for my first oh, year. Wow. And when I saw that video, I was like, holy shit, I could make furniture and do stop motion animation. Like, you know what's funny? That video, I never, I watched it this morning. I never noticed it was seven years old, right? Wow. And I just said to Jimmy the other day, all his old videos in my feed, like, I get all old like videos. That. Like, it's, yeah. It's so funny that the I get in all these old videos recommended. That I tell you, I've seen a lot of. I, I've watched a ton of Frank's videos, and I mean, he does it a lot. This one, I think, it's probably like the best. Like mm. he does, he doesn't appear in it at all. It's probably like <laughs> Jimmy's videos when when um, Jimmy like you know didn't talk in his videos because that's how he started. He was shy or something. You know, this was probably like Frank's thing. Like he was probably shy, so he didn't appear in it. Mm. But it's unbelievable. Like yeah. I, I'm I watching just, it right now. I'm this like, is crazy. Yeah, it's it's nuts. I'm like, that must take him forever to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, stop motion. Anything is so so time consuming, and the idea of doing it in the shop where you have like a saw running the whole time. I want to watch this video that he has showing how he made the lawn chair video. Wow. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm glad he had that. I want to see that. Too. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm looking good. forward to that because, like I said, I didn't watch. I started watching that this morning when I was eating my breakfast, and I didn't finish watching. It. I was like, "This is amazing." Mm. That, that's when somebody has too much time on their hands, though. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, it's funny because the video's got a million views, right? Think about yeah. the videos that get a million views nowadays, and how little energy and effort they take. These people do this bullshit on the internet. Yeah, on the TikTok. Yeah. But Paul, I wanna I wanna go back to your uh, your thing about the Catholic school uh, uprising. Oh yeah. Um, and tell you guys a funny story about my so uh, my brother, my older brother. My older brother is forty seven, and I'm thirty two, so oh, he's wow. fifteen years older than me. And we went to the same middle school, and there was a gym teacher. I don't remember his name now, but he was like a real like hardo, like a real like wrestling coach, like bald headed tough guy, right? And he was like real kind of mean. The worst. And, when I uh, went to sixth grade at that school, my brother is like, oh, is, you know, is the gym teacher still there? And I'm like, yeah, that's my gym teacher. He goes, dude, he goes, when I was a senior, he goes, we all couldn't stand him. So one day we all decided that we would try to jump him oh after class and oh. take his car keys. He's like, so, so me and all my friends wait for him to come out of his office at the end of the day and we jump him in the gym. He oh, goes, he shit. beat the shit out of like 12 kids, <laughs> like beat the shit out of them, like tossed them all through oh, around the room. And they were trying to get his keys. He's like, he's like, he beat us so bad. None of us ever fucked with him again. None of and us even happened. made eye contact him with him again. I mean, this is 15. This is, this is probably like. This is what, the 80s? This is probably in the 80s. So like, ago, you yeah. can beat the shit. I mean, this yeah, is like, you yeah, know, yeah. Diaz. You know, like I remember my dad saying that the nuns, not my dad, my uncle saying that the nuns at Catholic school used to just, you know, 
beat the shit out of the oh, kids yeah. and smack your hands with the ruler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would right. beat the shit out of a nun too if she was beating me. I don't do that. I don't. I don't. I don't like that shit. <laughs> that's why we we never went to Catholic school because that's what my father said he goes. I couldn't. You know, it was so bad. But we did one better than that. We had this teacher that was the biggest bastard. Right? We couldn't stand them. And uh, so we went out one day after school and we found his car. Mm. And we picked it up and put it sideways between two cars <laughs> and we all just did you bounce there. it or did you lift it because you no, can never drag it it was, an old, it was an old Datsun. Oh, okay yeah so we we uh we just twisted it sideways between two oh cars we all came out we just sat there and laughed at him and stuff oh my god oh my god he was so pissed but we used to do that at work we have this stuff we, they call it poly water i don't know what it is but it's cable pulling lubricant mm -hmm. and it's like liquid snot and we would pour it around the car tires, like in Cambridge. And you just start rocking yeah. the car back and forth. Yeah. And eventually it works its way under the tires. Yeah. And you can slide the car. You can yeah. Wow. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I remember seeing a video clip of some BMX kids. Um, they There was a car in the way of a spot. It was like a small like Toyota Camry. And they yeah. all just basically pushed on the trunk. And yeah. they got it bouncing, and then they yeah. would they were pushing and and kind of rocking it as they were yeah. pushing it, and they literally bounced yeah, it, bounced it. Yeah. <laughs> and they yeah. got to like rotate it. And I could only imagine what like the lady like comes out of her apartment and she's like, "What the fuck?" And the car's got no damage, no marks, like nothing, no scuff marks, like so, it's just the, fun. But I, I wouldn't want to embarrass my wife, so I won't tell you who it was. But somebody comes out of the the store and there's a note on their car. And it says, could you please call the Stoneham police? Mm -hmm. So this person gets in the car. They call the Stoneham police. Like, yeah, this is, you know, Derek's wife. <laughs> and uh, what's going on? They're like, uh, ma'am, did you notice your car? She's like, I'm in it right now. They're like, did you notice anything different with your car? She goes, oh, it was a little bit crooked. So in the meantime, I'm on the phone with this guy I work with. He's like, holy shit dude i'm like what he's like i'm at redstone plaza he goes this lady just had like a seizure and just drove into a bunch of parked cars i'm <laughs> oh like no shit God. i'm like that's crazy you know so she calls me later and she's like you're never gonna believe what happened i was in redstone plaza and a car hit our car i, I wasn't in the car i had to call the stoner police so she called the stoner police the guy's like it ended up being our kid's friend's father he was a cop he goes, Christina, get out of the car and walk around the car like the other side. The whole other side of the car was smashed. <laughs> oh, shit. Like half on an island. She goes, oh, I thought I was just in a rush to get into the store. <laughs> oh, she never my. noticed. The whole other side of the car was all demolished. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I love yeah. that. That's, that's so love, funny. That's the love of my life. That's your wife. Yeah. yeah. My wife. Love her. <laughs> uh, I watched uh, a guy well, back into my car not too long ago. Oh, that's uh, nice. When we were that's at a, we, we were at, we were trying a new restaurant, and I I could I know exactly how the restaurant's gonna be when I first walk into it. And I said, guys, let's don't even waste your time. Let's get the hell out of this place. And they're like, no, 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 let's try, let's try it. Like just opened up. I'm like, this place is not gonna be good. So we sit down. I think I told you about this, Derek. And yeah, then the fire alarm starts going off, and nobody in the restaurant's like leaving and i'm like guys should we be leaving right now like all the waiters are like oh it's fine like no one knew what they were doing like didn't no one had a clue and we're sitting there for like 10 minutes with the alarm blaring the fire trucks come and they're like what the hell are you guys doing like you got to get out of the restaurant and everyone's <laughs> like oh okay okay and then like we all file out of the restaurant 
like the firemen are in there examining the property, right? So as I'm walking down the stairs to get out of the restaurant, just to wait in the parking lot, some freaking, you know, little Greenwich, Connecticut, you know, guy in his little loafers and his Lexus SUV smash. He was probably drunk, smashes right into the back of my pickup truck, into my bumper, right in front of my face. And some other guy, well, everyone saw it. And he, he goes, Oh, Oh, did I hit your car? I go, yeah, yeah. You hit my car. And he goes, Oh, I'm sorry. And he was about to drive. He was literally about to drive away. And my dad, (laughs) this guy, he goes, where do you think you're going? And then he starts screaming at the guy and the guy gets scared. And then there's a cop there because the fire trucks are there. Yeah. And he goes, you want me to go over to the cop right now and tell him that you, you, you're, you've been drinking and you just hit the car? And so the cop comes over, does a whole report. Like, mm-hmm. Anyway, it didn't damage my car really bad at all. Like, you can't really tell. Any, the bumper's like pushed in a little bit, but yeah. it's like unbelievable. Right. He was just going to drive away. Like my, my, my neighbors did that to Max's car. They backed right into the bumper yeah. and left it there, right? So Max calls me because I can't get out of my parking spot. So I go out there. I, I says, back your car up. So he backs it up. He can't get out. I take a picture of it first, though. So they get a visitor permit, the car. So I grab I grab the guy. He says, hey, is this guy in your house? I says, get him out here. So the guy comes out. He goes, you got a problem? I go, yeah, you backed into my kid's car. Yeah. So you don't even have the decency to, to move it. You leave it backed in there. He goes, I didn't back into the car. I says, you didn't? He goes, no, I didn't back into him. I, I show him the picture. I go, I says, this picture looks like you did. I says, the Malden police think you did, too. So he goes, oh, uh, let me move it. So he moves it. He comes over. He's like, sir, are we okay? I look over. Max is hiding under his steering wheel. I yeah. said, thanks for the backup, kid, you know? But I'm like, <laughs> you know, like, what an asshole. Like, get back into my kid's car, but then you leave it parked on his bumper. That's like, at least, yeah, like people push. are mistaken. Totally that's just stuff. him being an idiot. Yeah. yeah, you know? It's like, come on, dude. Like, yeah. at least... Like act like you didn't do it, you know. Don't don't leave it there. Some guy hit me on the uh, on the cross Bronx when I was coming home from Jersey, and um, he was driving a rental car, and that we were in bumper to bumper traffic, and he hits hits my truck, and I have a step on the back, so yeah. I can hit the step. Yes. And as soon as he hits me, I could put the car in park, and I like put my phone on record, like in video, just to mm. see, like in case he, yeah. you know he fucked my car up, whatever. So I walk out and I look at my car and he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. He's like, this traffic, I'm just so tired. I look at my car. He backs up off my car, rips like most of his front bumper off and his license plate. And he's like, what am I going to do with it? And I go, and I go, dude, I go, my car is fine. I'm like, you know, just be careful. You know, like, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. As long as nobody's hurt. Like literally couldn't tell that he hit it. And uh, he goes, but what am I supposed to do with this? And I go, I don't know, dude. I don't have, I, I can't help you with that. And I just got back in my car and left. So I was telling uh, Nicholas, Matt's brother, that story. And he, and he was telling me that he got in an accident on the same road. A woman hit his trailer with his dirt bikes in it. And she was trying to blame them. So she yeah. called the police. They were there for four and a half hours waiting for the police to come. Pulled over oh on the God. side of the road. Because Jesus that's like, Christ. you know, it's like, it's, it's the Bronx. You know, like yeah. they have so much other oh, yeah. shit to deal with. People getting so eventually, sh- shots going off in the background. Yeah. They're not worried about. Eventually, the they both just were like, you know what? We're just gonna give up, and they just both left. And oh, they were like, we're could you? Could you imagine sitting there for four and a half hours? Yeah, that's crazy. I tried to blame me for an accident, and I went off on him. Max was in the car, and we get home that night. I hear him talking to the girls. He goes, "You know how you guys think Dad yells at us? 
Oh, I heard him today. He he can really yell at somebody. It says, yeah, you bet your ass, dude. This guy, oh my god, he cut me off, and just I ended up hitting him. He was in a parking spot, and he pulled out around me, trying to get around me. Yeah. And so it looked like I hit him, but he hit me. And yeah. he tried to tell the cop I was driving on the sidewalk. I go, dude, there's a telephone pole here and a pole. Like, how could I drive down the sidewalk? And cop's like, yeah, I didn't think of that. I was like, yeah, whatever. People yeah. are like, Jay, driving, to driving is so fucking stressful when you get these idiots, dude. I get so nervous driving the the Sprinter, like, because if somebody doesn't see me enough to stop, I know they have like no self-awareness at all mm, and there's yeah. been a couple times where people have pulled out in front of me like off the of side streets and i just yeah. imagine like they're always it's always a small car and i always just imagine like my truck weighs yeah. like six thousand pounds this yeah. little car weighs like 2500 pounds i'm gonna broadside it like i'm gonna yeah. kill whoever's yeah. driving it and yeah. just keep going you know and i like aside from the fact that i don't want to get in an accident anyway but like yeah. I always think about that, like, you know, and I tell my sister all the time, I get nervous about her because, you know, she's young and not yeah. so experienced with driving. And it's like, you yeah. know, people talk about the danger of using stuff and the danger of doing things. People talk about like how like, oh, my God, like, you know, using these tools is so dangerous. It's so scary. Yeah. It's like you drive. No, I know. Like, no, the crazy. most dangerous thing yeah. that, that human beings are readily like able to use you know, yeah. guns aside, whatever it is, like depending on where you are, maybe guns are accessible. You can just, after you turn 18, you take a couple of bullshit tests. You just get behind the wheel of something that has more Dude, power than 16. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. 16. And you yeah. Let me tell you something. Yeah. It should not be 16. Like when I was, no. when I was 16, I was super excited because I could finally drive. Yeah. Now that I'm a little bit older, it should not be 16. There's yeah, when no you have way. Kids, when you have kids, 16 seems way too There's young. no way a 16-year-old. My friends are still idiots, though. and they're 21. But when, <laughs> when you have kids, though, it gets to the point like this. Social life, I think, it like it's like a trajectory. Like It gets so annoying driving the kids somewhere as they grow up to be teenagers. They <laughs> yeah. no death, but you're like, you know what? I don't care anymore. I'll take <laughs> my die. kids. Just they drive. Die. Yeah. Just drive yourself. I don't care anymore. But it's like... I always grew up like driving things. Like I always had go-karts and like my mom yeah, let, yeah. let me drive my, we took my dad's car because we lived in a different house and the street was like a circle with houses in the yeah. middle. And she yeah. used to let me drive the car when I was like 10. Like I used to just <laughs> yeah. like, we would yeah. drive. Yeah. So I always knew how to drive shit. But like one day in school, like I was like a sophomore in high school and they had like this drunk driving simulator in the gym. Oh yeah. And the yeah. kids get up. I'm like this, this, Brother and sister, they were like twins or something. Wrong. They were like weird. They get up to this thing. <laughs> Their parents were cousins. The sister, I like. I like the brother. There was a, a little something wrong with the brother, but I liked the kid. The sister was a pain in the ass. I hated her. <laughs> but they both get up to this thing, um, and they're driving with like two feet, one on the brake yeah. and one on the on the gas. I'm like, how are these kids gonna ever get in a car and drive if they're if they're yeah. 15, 16 years old and they don't know you're not supposed to do that? It's oh, like, dude, I was I was getting glasses. I was getting glasses. I was the eye doctor and it was, I felt bad, you know, but at the same time, so there's this older woman and she's, she was very elderly, this mm. woman. And she came to get her, she came to get a uh, signature so she could renew her license. Yeah. But she said, Hey guys, I just need this exam and eye exam so I can get my license renewed. Oh God. She had glasses. She had this big, thick yeah. glasses and she's Probably standing like, shit. 15 feet away from this sign and the woman's like all right just read like the fourth line and she's like uh seven 
you know, she's saying all these numbers. She's like, oh, I can't read it. I can't <laughs> read it. And the woman, so finally the woman's done. She goes, ma'am, I'm sorry. They were all letters. She goes, I can't, I can't sign this. She's like, oh, you can't. She's like, I'm, I'm sorry. She's like, you need new glasses. You got to get an eye exam. And I could just tell this woman was like so disappointed, but yeah. like, you know what? Too bad. You can't kill you me. You can't see. I'm on the so road. you shouldn't drive. Yeah. When my mother gave up her license, it was so good. Like, she volunteered <laughs> it. She, yeah. she, like, she knew. And it was good because it's, like, such a nightmare with your parents. You know, I hear people saying. Yeah. But yeah. my mother was, like, having some problems. And she's just like, you know, I just don't feel safe anymore. I don't think I should be driving. Good but, for her you know, for being yeah, self, yeah, like, self-aware. You know, but we would have to drive her everywhere to be like, you know, my, you're not that bad of a driver, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you can drive and you can yeah, see. Just sideswipe a little bit, Mom. Yeah, you know, well, you, hey, you got to get them the big, like, the big Buick, you know? But it was just yeah. like when the woman said, I'm sorry, ma'am, they're all letters. There are no yeah, numbers. No, I had yeah, heard her say, like, all these different yeah. numbers. I was like, oh, God. I was, like, yeah. so embarrassed for her. But, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's my, my grandmother still drives. She's 90 years old. Oh, she barely puts any miles on her car though because she yeah. leased the car she leased a she finally got herself after all these years she got herself a nice little car she had like that little mercedes uh a class and that oh, one nice. kind of it was a mercedes but it sucks so we, we got a better one this time around yeah. but we i was with her when we went to return that car after three years and the thing had three thousand miles on it <laughs> and the guy was like we go into the guy we're like we're here to return this car and he goes what are you doing with this car? Or like, we're here to return it from elite. He's like, you lease this car. He's like, well, it's only got 3000 miles on it. We're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like, we, That's just how far she drives. She drives to this yeah. church. She drives to church, which are all yeah, like in a mile of her house, but she still drives. She's sharp as ever. She's unbelievable. Hey, Betty, Betty White just turned 99. I saw her. Yeah. I mean, that I lady know, is man. like unreal. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Crazy. Um, well, I think yeah. that about does it for episode twenty-eight. Thank you guys, yeah. everyone, for listening. Um, yeah. What what do we what else we got? Who do we who do we want to talk about? Who do we want to who do we want to oh, spread some we'll, to? Maybe we'll have oh, a, a guest next week. Next week. Yeah, a maybe. guest next week, and I want to uh, give a shout out to Izzy Swan, who has been like working like a madman, uh, doing all these production runs of all these like really innovative workshop tools. It's been really awesome to see him like be able to i mean i know like izzy has a lot of inventions and a lot of stuff that he's been able to bring to market but like watching him go through the manufacturing process in his new shop like with his guys there like he just came out with this dust collector quick connect thing um that's like all designed by him manufactured in-house uses recycled plastic and it's like just better Hmm. than anything else on the market you know like um he's just like such a he's such a good guy and i really like to see that he's doing that stuff and, you know, help support him and, you know, help maybe share his products with people that maybe haven't seen him. So go check out Izzy Swan on Instagram and on YouTube. You can find all his products. He's a friend of all of ours and a good guy. So, uh, yeah, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next week. Thank you. If you like this show, take a look at our other shows made for makers just like you at www.makery.network.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.